Hi, I'm Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com. And I'm here with Christina Rodenbeck from oxfordastrology.com. And together we are Astrology Talk. And we're going to talk to you about this month's astrology. We start by looking at the month that's gone. And then we're going to be looking at the equinox as the sun moves into Libra. And we'll be looking at the major astrology of the month ahead and what it means for you. And we are moving into eclipse season. That's going to be one of the big themes coming up. But first, let's have a look at what's been and gone. How are you, Christina? Have you survived (laughs) retrograde? Uh, Well, it's been quite a chaotic little old uh, month. Uh, And um, yeah, everything's, you know, uh, yeah. We had a bit of a sort of family crisis last weekend because my daughter was taken to hospital with appendicitis. But thank God for the NHS. Thank you, John Radcliffe Hospital and everybody there. Um, she's back home and recovering, full of codeine, which has rendered her utterly charming. Um, <laughs> um, interestingly enough, the Jupiter was stationing, has been stationing on her son. Okay. Um, so that would, so when we say stationing, it means that Jupiter was about to turn retrograde. It's actually standing still in the sky directly on my daughter's sun. And Jupiter is a very lucky planet, but it also magnifies things. Okay. Um, and also she had a Chiron, Chiron, which is the wounded healer, the asteroid known as the wounded healer, which sometimes turns up when you have these sort of crises or when you have an initiation or something dramatic. She actually has the exact square at the moment to her natal Chiron. So she's having, she had, and there were other factors too, but I thought just, it's interesting because we always talk about how Jupiter is great. It's going to be fantastic. How marvelous when it's on your sun. And actually it Mm. is. And I think that she, although it magnified something, maybe it brought it to light. She was also, we were incredibly just lucky in every way with this crisis because she'd just come back from Portugal could have happened there um you know she hasn't gone back to university yet could have happened there and the d- hospitals in Brighton are much um are not as good as the one here in Oxford and um you know and she's at home with her parents and she, she can be looked after so it's incredibly lucky and so she's had protection yeah and I was going to say I was about going to say it is a protective influence isn't it you would expect mm-hmm. it to, to turn out well <laughs> yeah exactly you would you would expect that yeah yeah well I've been um teaching astrology in Greece uh during this Mercury retrograde and uh, obviously a bit nervous about getting out there on Mercury retrograde so I gave myself plenty of time and I mean we did have some great Mercury retrograde stories out there there was one student bless her I know some of you will be listening in um who she missed the connecting flight to Prevetsa, which is the nearest airport. So she was put on a flight later that day to Athens. But because of the bad floods out in Greece, the plane never got to Athens. It was diverted to Crete, where they had to overnight. They then were, well, she was meant to be getting a plane the next day from Crete to Prevetsa. That was also cancelled. Bless her. <laughs> Because of bad weather. So she so she would have ended up turning up two days late, missing two days of the course. 
And it was just crazy. I mean, we were, it was like a movie going on, this story around, you know, was she going to make it or was she not? So in the end, she rested in Crete and is doing a course the following week. But I mean, what a Mercury retrograde palaver, really, with that going on. Um, and there have been many stories like that, I think, haven't there? Oh, I think it's a huge, it's been a really powerful Mercury retrograde. Why? Because it's in Virgo, its own sign. And it's also following on from the Venus retrograde. So we had Venus and everything else is retrograde too. And this is one of the things I need to talk about, at least briefly, is the incredible uh, disaster of Storm Daniel in, um, in the Mediterranean the biggest climate, um, biggest storm since whenever. Um, I think it's the biggest floods in Greece ever, isn't it? So the storm Daniel went across Greece and Bulgaria and caused these floods. And then it got to Libya, um, which has has been absolutely devastating. Mm -hmm. Uh, It started on the 4th, I think, of September, and it carried on until, I mean, what of the 8th or 9th. So it was during that, it, you know, it was that Jupiter station again. Yeah. Brought, yeah. Brought that storm. Yeah. Yeah. In Taurus, isn't it? It is about, I mean, it's interesting that we've got so many planets at the moment, the slower moving planets. We've got Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus, one of the Earth signs, Saturn, Neptune in Pisces, one of the water signs, all retrograde. And it's kind of like just so much being unsettled or coming up or kind of disasters around earth and water very much kind of foreground right now. So, Mm. I mean, huge loss of life as well. I mean, the situation in Libya, I mean, they have no idea how many people have gone. Entire neighbors. Horrendous. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's also, it's not just about the sort of, you often think it's kind of like the earth shouting at us, isn't it? Take care, take care. But that was also, you know, it's also man-made issues isn't it around the dams that were you know below then there was the earthquake in morocco as well yeah um, yeah. which was i do have an exact time for that which is the 8th of september at 23 11 local time Mm. Um, at which point so we have that so jupiter has stationed uranus is stationed they both turned retrograde they're actually in aspects to neptune the um lord of the sea uh but he's also known as the earth shaker um and they're also making a sort of pattern with the nodes of the moon which are the eclipse points Mm. at that point but all of those are kind of outer planets what happened at 2311 was that mars the planet of action and the moon made a square aspect to each other and that seems to have sort of triggered the whole thing, set the whole thing off. And mm-hmm. they make an aspect to each other and to Saturn and Pisces. So there's um so as you were saying, Sally, it's that it's the the intense watery sign of Pisces and the intense earthy sign of um Taurus are actually always in nice aspect to each other. It's the they're mm-hmm two signs away from each other, which is the sextile aspect, which is considered positive, but it does mean that they can positively work together. Um, and currently, and for the next uh, 18 months or so, the nodes are going through Aries and Libra, so they're right in between those two 
that and the nodes are the eclipse points. Mm. But I think also what's interesting about this is it's kind of we've had this suddenly everything turned retrograde, didn't it? Mm. I wonder whether it's this turning retrograde. I mean, if you think about well, how retrograde planets work on a personal level, they sort of turn your attention inwards. So, you know, thinking kind of on, you know, on a on a planet level, retrograde planets, they've been turning the attention inwards, like under the earth and almost literally shaking under the earth, moving, destructively moving the earth. I mean, I think that's also fascinating about this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a huge month going on. And can I just sort of say one more little personal story? Mm-hmm. Because, I, it, you know, my trip to Greece went fantastically and all was well for me until I got back and I got a delay on the plane, which wasn't too bad. It was an hour. But I got home to find out that my power had tripped during the week when I was away. And we've had a heat wave here in the UK. So I imagine it was the beginning of the week which meant my freezer and fridge had been switched off and there was the most unbearable smell because all the food in the freezer <laughs> had gone off. So, and this was, I got back about half past midnight, which was 2.30 a.m. Greek time and wanting to go to bed, but I had to spend the next half hour cleaning out this fridge. And I was like, Mercury, it's enough now. It's enough. <laughs> We need to turn direct and just stop this nonsense. I mean, you know, and food as well. It's kind of foodstuffs, isn't it, Virgo? So, yeah, Mm. there was a big clean out on a personal level. Mm. So personal and global stuff really, really showing during this kind of crazy retrograde season. Yeah, which is I think everything has got into its retrograde stride by the time we. So, you know, we're looking at the the month ahead from the 23rd of September when, you know, when the equinox begins, everything has kind of switched round by then mm. um, for the time being. Mm. Uh, shall we look at the equinox chart? Or... Well, well, should we talk about Libra itself first? Do we just want to do that? Talk about Libras or do you want to go straight into the equinox? What would you like to do? Let's just discuss this between us as it's Libra season. Let's make sure we're in agreement. Well, I mean, we can look at the equinox chart and talk about Libra at the same time. What a great sign. It's the sign of the scales. It's the sign of weighing things up. It's um, just after the halfway point through the, I mean, or it is the halfway point through the year, which is the equinox itself, really, 23rd of September when the sun moves into this um, seventh sign. and you know libra is a really interesting sign because it's um it's actually represented by a mechanical device which seems to me very strange compared to all the other signs which are you know animals and people and um mm. creatures and monsters and then you have the scales what's that about it's so strange mm. that you suddenly have that man-made it's a cultural object right um, and I think that this is part that this, and this is why we could associate Libra with justice and yeah. fairness, the weighing things up. Yeah. Um, and if you look at ancient Egyptian, uh, you know, if you've been around those temples and you've looked at, there's a lot of pictures of the scales weighed of scales. Mm-hmm. Often it's the heart, the person's heart in the underworld versus the feather of truth. How good have you been? How bad have you been? Mm. 
And at this time of year, also, you know, it's the Jewish New Year uh, comes at this point at the equinox where you have the Day of Atonement and you look back at the previous year and you kind of say sorry to the people that, you know, for the bad things that you've done. And then you wipe the slate clean and you go on to the next year. And I think that's quite interesting that this happens at this point in the year. That um, it's not, you know, when you might expect it sort of in spring. Yeah. But it's it's at the opposite point of the year from spring. Yeah. And it is, you know, it's a good thing. The astrolog, we're halfway through the astrological year. So it is a good time to to look back, isn't it? And, and consider how far you've come. Um, and then to, to look ahead. I mean, these turning points, the equinoxes and the solstices, they always begin a new three month season. So it is, it is this theme of looking ahead. Um, I mean, I love Libra. It's, I mean, my moon is in Libra. My daughter's a Libra. Um, it's one of my favorite star signs, actually. And, you know, lovely Libra, also lazy Libra. Um, but they, uh, Libra at its best, you know, they're just charming, lovely. They gift you, they compliment you, they're, they sort of, you know, and they're social. Um, it's one of the social signs, isn't it? My, yeah, my mother was a Libra and, um, she was really excellent at, you know, giving, sending cards and sending flowers and actually flower arranging. She was a great cook. She was an incredible sort of hostessy person. Um, and, but it's also a political sign. It is the strategist. Yeah. Strategist. We have a lot of politicians, especially in this country who are, are Librans. Yeah. Um, cause it's a sign that's about debate. And I often find, you know, it's a cardinal sign as well, which people forget. This is a sign that actually, so cardinal signs are, are there four of them? Um, they're, you know, Aries, Libra, uh, Capricorn Cancer, there's these are signs of leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so Librans mm-hmm. people always think that Librans are going to always be equivocating. Actually, they may be kind of manipulating you into doing what they want. In right? a very in a very charming way. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know that, that sometimes. <laughs> exactly. You didn't realize that's what you yeah. wanted until they told you that's what you wanted, right? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so yeah, I mean Thatcher, of course, the one I always have to mention is a great example of a of a Libran. Yeah, you know, Mrs. Thatcher, and of course she had Saturn rising. I can't remember what her uh, or Mars rising. She had a very kind of strong. Yeah, Saturn Scorpio on the ascendant. Yeah, you know the Iron Glove. So she, <laughs> her Libra son, had some edge to it. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. And also judges, they make great judges, don't they? Because um, I always think of Judge Judy is a Libra and Simon Cowell, if you're going to take, you know, another kind of judge. I mean, they they do make great judges, diplomats, mediators, lawyers, um, but also ruled by Venus. So there's the, you know, they can be wonderful sort of architects and designers too. So really interesting star sign. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's interesting that you bring up the judges because it's true. And again, that goes against the stereotype of Libras that they're indecisive. No, they're not. They're not indecisive. They make the decision eventually, but they do weigh everything up. So it's not, they're not, um, they're kind of the opposite of that Aries. Oh, I just have this instinctive, I'm making this instinctive choice. No, a Libra is going to go through all the arguments 
and then make the decision. Yeah, and sometimes it's just you know, there's there's we had a on on the the course when we were trying to decide where to go for dinner, and it turned out all of us, the six of us who were trying to decide, either had the sun, moon, or ascendant in Libra. And there was a lot of, I really don't mind. I could go to either place, you know, and wanting to sort of, I think often this indecision is because they're, they're very happy for the other person to decide. And there's a kindness around it sometimes, you know, oh, whatever's better for everyone. But if you get six, six people with Libra going, oh, whatever's better for everyone, it's like, right, someone needs to make the decision. <laughs> hmm. And who who made the decisions in the end? Well, actually, it was it was a Virgo who made the decision. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to cut in with my ascendant Aries, you know, if, if, it, if it went on for too long. <laughs> I was going to say, Sally, come on. I know you got the moon in Libra, but you're a very yeah. decisive person, actually. I can be decisive, I can. It's true. Um, it's true. So shall we have a look at the equinox chart when the sun is at zero degrees Libra? So this is the start of a new three-month cycle, really moving into autumn or the fall in the northern hemisphere and the opposite seasons down under um so there is the sun in libra for those of you who are watching this on the the youtube channel um and the sun is in libra quite hidden away in this equinox chart in the 12th house so what's this hidden theme going on in the in the three yeah uh, it does mean that there's also libra rising and Mars in Libra and South Node in Libra. Yeah. Yeah. And Pallas Athena in Libra as well. So it's quite a Libra heavy stuff. And uh, what strikes me most about this chart and the upcoming season. So this is a predictor for the, you know, the coming three months is that we're getting into eclipse season. Right. Um, yep. Because that's where the nodes are. Yep. We've got an eclipse coming up in October. And the eclipses from now on for the next, you know, 18 months or so are in Aries or Libra. That's where they will be. I think there's one last one in Taurus coming up, but yes, there is. Next next time we'll be talking about the final, that's the final one in the Taurus Scorpio eclipse cycle will come when the sun is in mm-hmm. Scorpio. I mean, you know, you can always locate the eclipses by where the sun sign is, can't you? When the sun's in Libra. Now we're going to get these Aries Libra eclipses. And when it's in Aries, we're going to get these Aries Libra eclipses. It's at those two pivotal points in the year. Yeah. And also where the nodes are. Uh, so this coming tour, the Taurus one is like an out of sign eclipse, if you know what I mean. But, um, and to me, that's the striking thing about the next few months is that now <clears throat> we're really getting our feet under the table with the Libra Aries eclipses. Um, and also that there's a fieriness with that Mars rising mm. in the uh, equinox chart. So things are going to happen, you know, and I it looks political to me. Yeah. Um, there's going to be political negotiation, um, it, whether that's personal or public. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a lot of back and forth. It also looks, uh, you know, Mars that Mars and Libra kind of um dominates the thing in a way for me. Mm. And Mars and Libra is said to be, you know, not in its own sign and you know, in its opposite sign, so not particularly happy, etc. I think I like Mars and Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, because you know you get a lot of like peace warriors with Mars, Mars and Libra, John Lennon, blah blah blah, etc. You know, uh, John Lennon, Mahatma Gandhi. Um, I want to say Martin Luther King, but I'm not sure about that. Um, it can be someone who is a fiercely uh, fierce negotiator, a good lawyer. Yeah. So there will be legal cases that are being fought under this. Um, but there's also a sense of fairness about that, I think. Mm, and it's interesting, actually, that you bringing this up because it makes me, you know, when you, I'm looking at the moon in this chart as well. The moon is yeah. in Capricorn. Again, you know, there's one of the cardinal signs, the star sign that's linked to kind of governments. It rules the midheaven of this chart, this cancer on the midheaven, but it's down kind of it couldn't be, you know, closer to the bottom of the chart and square to that sun. So, you know, it's it's also about, um, I think this is about the earth. So maybe what's been happening, you know, there's, there's, I know there was a big demonstration going on globally against fossil fuels, one earth, one chance. You know, there's, I think there will also be more people sort of negotiating around what's happening in the world as well and demanding in some way for governments to create change maybe. Um, but, yeah, that seems to fit the the theme of what you're talking about and what you're saying this Equinox chart is bringing to life. Um, yeah, I would say territorial negotiations as well, like quite simply borders and things yeah. um, to do with that moon in the in at the bottom of the chart. Um, I'm not sure what's happening. There have been so many coups in Africa in the last six months. It's hard to keep up with, you know, what's happening there. But the whole of that Sahel region is in is has changed hands, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. I think that's quite interesting as well. This idea of negotiating, changing hands. Um, Putin, of course, is a Libra. Yeah, he is. Politicians who are Libras and. What he says goes. I can't see him saying, "Oh, I don't know why I'm going to go to dinner." Um, <laughs> where should we go? Oh, it's okay," says Putin. Um, you choose. Yeah. Well, who knows? We don't know what he's doing <laughs> in his personal life. Maybe that's why he's all vacillating and dithering. <laughs> he just comes into his own on the world sphere. Yeah, maybe but, he does. Well, yeah. Um. Okay, should we talk about the mm, other things happening in the month ahead? Shall we get? Shall I get the um, other charts up there? Because the yeah. next thing that happens is pretty quick. Uh, well, yeah, because we've got a full moon coming up at the end of September. I have to say, I'm kind of finding it this this year is whizzing by so quickly. It's it's very, and I think maybe this was part of this retrograde season as well trying to think i'm thinking end of september how can that be right that we're moving into this new phase it feels very odd i don't know if other people are having that hopefully we'll sort of maybe libra season will help us kind of get a bit straight about what's happening we'll have to see but yeah there's um we've got the full moon in aries on september the 29th so the sun moves into libra it gets to six degrees libra and then it meets the moon at six degrees Aries, right across my ascendant descendant axis, actually. Ooh, Sally, what's going to happen? I do but- not know. There's going to be some partnership stuff going on, aren't there? Well, it's actually, interestingly enough, I'm kind of in negotiations about 
um, different contracts and partnerships. So, you know, it is a theme moving into Libra season for me, getting things signed and sealed now, Mercury's turn direct, actually. So that's probably part of it. It's these key partnerships and our lovely partnership, Christina. I mean, you know. I hope so. I mean, I that uh, it's interesting, actually, because it is just to talk about me for one millisecond. Yes. I do feature in that if this is across your because I have Pallas Athena in the heart of my son, Kazimi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that Pallas Athena features in this full moon. It makes it's making a conjunction with the sun at the full moon. Mm-hmm. And Pallas Athena is the asteroid of wisdom, you'll be glad to hear, and pattern finding and astrologers, actually. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest that you as an Aries rising, so you're going to have the full moon on your actual ascendant, are making some kind that there's business going on with another astrologer, mm-hmm. me. <laughs> it is you, Christina. <laughs> me. Um, uh, but let's uh let's just think what also this this might mean for other signs as well well um, just can i just say for if you're aries or libra you know look at the partnerships in your life this is sure. a great time to be negotiating partnerships for you know creating strong partnerships or joint ventures or whatever in your life on this full moon definitely yeah or one comes to a culmination you know, so it's like an, it would be a culmination and like maybe going into a new phase, right? So you've completed one phase, you're going on to the next, which is kind of nice. Um, and also, I mean, for people who, who have for Capricorns and Cancers, this is an important full moon because it's on an important angle of your chart, right? So for Capricorns, the full moon actually falls at home in your home sector. So you're thinking about, you know, the family um, and you may want to spend that full moon with the family, with the tribe. It's a sort of tribal full moon for Capricorns. And for Cancerians, um, it's the other way around, so to speak. It's all about the getting out there. And it's a full moon where you may have some culmination or something important happens to do with your status. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um other things that are going on in this i'm just aware that on the day of the full moon so this brings some a different sort of edge to the to the full moon we've got the venus venus is in leo still completing her journey through leo i mean she's out of the underworld and back into um into the world in a way with her direct but she only moves on from leo doesn't she at the beginning of october um but she's exactly square to Uranus on this as well, applying really close as square aspect to Uranus. So I'm thinking for also Leo and Taurus, what the, what is this about? It is something that may come to a head, again, probably around relationships, love, money, um, and things could, you know, full moons bring emotion, they bring drama. So it may also be a time, you know, you can be forging partnerships on this full moon, but there could be some kind of split or decision to move away from someone or something as well. So it's really interesting to have a close Venus Uranus square aspect on the same day as the full moon. It's a lot of action around our close relationships, our partnerships during this, during this period. 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing about dimension just in this period now between that we're discussing between the 23rd of September and when Venus leaves Leo is that Venus, which is in the first week of October, I think, um, is that we're completing this cycle of this long, long, long Venus through Leo transit. And so all the stuff that happened over the summer um, whether that was to do with finances or your love life, mm-hmm. um, which are the two most likely things. Yeah. Um, and or to do, I mean, I've found a lot of people who've had stuff going on with their adult children. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's been uh, relationship crises around adult children. Mm-hmm. And I do think this is to do with the Venus retrograde in Leo. You may have changed your mind about something. You're going to be making decisions now, mm-hmm. and that it's like the results are coming in. Yeah. You know? So the results of stuff that happened in the summer yeah. start are coming in in this last week of September and that first week of October. And it's interesting, as you say, that there's this square again to Uranus. So I think this is the third time that Venus has squared Uranus over the last uh, few months. Um, And that can be, uh, you know, the Venus-Uranus combination is is a shock, but sometimes it's like a shock of love, you Mm -hmm. know, like falling in love, um, you know, a sort of violent awakening of of love. Maybe that or it may be some kind of financial shock, depending on where it falls in your chart. And I would say that for obviously for Leo's, this is important. And it, there's a certain amount of clarity, I think, that may have come to people over the summer and then over the Mercury retrograde in September. And mm-hmm. now you're taking action on the clarity around these themes. Um, mm-hmm. so for, for Leo, it might just be, you know, that you're going to dye your hair pink from now on. You know, it could be actually your physical appearance has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some way that you're redoing your wardrobe, I don't know, and that you've now decided to present yourself as a um, ballet dancer for the rest of the you know for the next two years or whatever it is. Um, but for other side or for for Aquarius, is definitely about your important one to one relationships. Yeah, it is, and also, I mean, this is it's as you said, the Venus has been squaring both Jupiter and Uranus. Three hits on both, three times the this squares happened, which to me there's, you know, it is about there's an extravagant edge to that, but there's also a need to kind of um cut back on things, to see a way out of a problem as well. And this full moon could bring that. Also for Leah, I'm thinking, you know, because the Jupiter Uranus are in your career sector, it's how do you find a way maybe to break out of a contract or to break out of a job that you know, where you want more freedom. What? How are you able to do that now? Um, mm. And then also, you know, if you're looking at it from the other way for Taurus, I mean, it's been such a kind of rebellious phase for Taurus, for many Taurians, or, you know, um, being able to do stuff that's independent, having Jupiter and Uranus in your star sign. That, again, is something to do probably with home and family, finding maybe a solution to get out perhaps of a contract or a situation that's had you tied in. And very often these things can be linked to to money as well, linked to finances, because of Venus 
and also because Taurus is one of the money signs. So this, yeah, during this full moon, it's kind of like the, it's that final square that's been playing out over the last few months, um, being able to break free. It's interesting that you're, that it's, it's breaking free. Um, that, uh, cause I think it's also about realizing, you know, it's the tender trap, isn't it? Love is the tender trap that you maybe don't want to break free mm-hmm. you know, because these planets are actually retrograde, uh, Jupiter mm-hmm. and Uranus, or that, or that the negotiations that you've been, um, undertaking over the summer because, um, Venus is also about negotiating, mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent, Venus and Mercury both are, but, um, that the negotiations are now coming to fruition. You're actually going to produce the product that you've been negotiating about. Hmm. Um, and that to me is slightly, you know, for Leo's, that might be the the thing as well. Um, but I'm interested for Aquarians because Uranus is one of the rulers of Aquarius. And so you've got the Venus squaring Uranus yet again. And I'm sure that for Aquarians this summer, I mean, talking to Aquarians has been going quite deep into a particular relationship, whether that's with a real person or with a person who's passed on or with um, your own relationship with relationships, which sounds uh, a little bit complex, but your own relationship with relationships Um you may have been rethinking that and and for Aquarians, you know, it's this, all of these stations of Uranus and Jupiter have been quite tricky because they're on the very foundations Mm. of your life. Have there's been upheaval, there's been change. Yeah. And the the other thing that um, during this, you know, because full moons are often about, relationships aren't they so and uranus is often about the unexpected so during this full moon and this venus square um jupiter and uranus it may be that it's other people's actions other people's decisions impact your own life too it's kind of you know the third party comes in and and makes makes it a situation where you have to change you have to um readjust your perspective your position your situation in some way i think there's probably a theme of that around this full moon too but i like what you say about creating and producing because mercury is also completing its journey at the moment through virgo i mean mercury leaves virgo um on october the 5th venus leaves leo october the 9th so this this sense of tidying things up after this retrograde phase and Mercury makes, you know, it makes a lovely aspect to Jupiter on the 25th and Uranus on the 30th. So it is some things that are coming to fruition as well. And some things that you can kind of sort out for Virgo in particular, you know, it might be sorting out kind of travel plans or study plans as well. So the spotlight of this full moon is, is, is quite, um, hopefully bringing clarity to some situations. Yeah. And I, you know, the, um, there's been a lot of rethinking, you know, in the past few months because of these personal planets retrograding, especially, you know, anybody Venus ruled, that's Libra and Taurus or Mercury ruled, Virgo and Gemini. 
And now we get, we're, we're starting this new phase, having rethought everything. And I could have an example of that actually, which is that my daughter, my second daughter is about to go to university for the first time. And she thought she was going to one university, but she's going to a different one. And her term actually starts pretty much on this full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beginning you know, for, and that's the Mercury retrograde is over now. She knows where she's going. Off she goes. Very sort of, of course, it's a great social start to a university term with all these planets in Libra. Yeah. Yeah, it is forging, forging new relationships, new partnerships, isn't it, as well? Mm, exactly. Yeah. No, it's an interesting full moon. The other thing that, I mean, it's, you know, particularly when you're looking at a chart, like those of you who are looking at this, I mean, it's so interesting at the moment that we've got here Uranus at 22, Taurus, Neptune at 26, Pisces, Pluto at 27, Capricorn. It's like, you know, there's you've got to go through these different stages at the moment. These outer, the generational planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, are very closely in alliance in a way, aren't they? Um, there's something working together. So it's like you have to go through these different stages as the planets move through. And like Mercury, as it completes its journey through Virgo, it's going to trine Uranus, oppose Neptune, trine Pluto. So it's some things that that can be put in place that are being grounded, that are being established, and other things letting go of will dissolve the Neptune. So it really is a time to kind of um, sort things out, what stays, what goes as well. Mm. And this sort of triple thing that's happening, the Pluto, Neptune and Uranus are uh, basically in a a little mini trine sort of aspect, right? Mini grand trine. Mm. And I think that was triggered, you know, the earthquake and the floods that we've just discussed actually was partly to do with that because they're working in cooperation with each other. Mm-hmm. And cooperation is not always, you know, good by human in human terms, but, you know, that's a coordinated effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of you, if you have any stuff, um, any planets or any, or your sun around that 27, between 22 and 27, degrees of any of those signs that's taurus pisces capricorn or their kind of opposite signs you're you know you're kind of in the lap of the gods so to speak you're in the power of the of these very powerful outer planets at the moment Mm. um and of course we're about to have the pluto when does pluto yeah pluto goes direct on the 11th of october yeah and it's come back to 27 degrees now, 27 degrees uh, Capricorn. This is incredibly important. So last time it's going to be at 27 degrees, it's going to move on. And when it comes back into Capricorn next year, briefly, it won't go back that far again. So there, it's still in this finishing off phase. And it's interesting that it's also, you know, the Mercury retrograde is finishing stuff off and going to be trining it. Um, so there may be literal like paperwork that's being done that's to do with some very long process, but a long process that began in 2008 is finishing off. And now Pluto will turn around and it's, and it's when it stations, when a planet stations, it stands still. It's intense. 
You know, there's an intensity as it kind of drills down into a particular degree of the zodiac. And this is 27 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. So every earth sign is going to be feeling that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's Virgo and Taurus and Capricorn will be feeling that powerfully. And actually, it may be very empowering, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's kind of, there feels like a decisiveness about this. And one of the things about Pluto is also that it's about getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Among other things. It's about letting go, getting rid of things. And I would think, interestingly enough, with all this this political stuff going on that we think, you know, Libra season tends to be very political. It's when Parliament comes back in this country. It's during Libra season. Mm-hmm. All the universities go back. The courts are back in session. Um with all of this political stuff going on, there's kind of an earthquake rumbling around with that Pluto. Mm-hmm. Um, in Capricorn, which mm-hmm. empowers the Capricorns, um, but also reveals some things that may have been hidden. Yeah. And it's also square to the nodes, isn't it, as well? I mean, the nodes uh, um, during this full moon, they're at 24 Aries Libra and the Pluto, you know, triggering that point. So there is something kind of quite fated about that combination. I mean, it is a big Pluto is a big theme of this month coming up, particularly as we move into October, you know, towards October the 23rd, we move into Scorpio season, the sun moving into Scorpio. But we're going to be feeling Scorpio season before then, because Pluto turns direct on the 10th, is it? On the 11th. On the 11th. And Mars, Mars, which is Scorpio's traditional planet, moves into Scorpio um, on the 12th. So it's a real, you know, there's, this Scorpio season is coming early. I mean, I just want to say one thing about Pluto, because I think it's often a planet that's feared. You know, he is God of the underworld. And um, we often talk about him sort of, you know, there's a sense of clearing things out. And he can be, he can be kind of the wipeout planet. You know, it's about destruction. He was, Pluto was discovered, you know, at the same time as nuclear power, also the planet of psychoanalysis. I thought it was really interesting, and this shows another side to Pluto. Um, and I was doing sports predictions in astrology, so this is sort of linked to that. But when Pluto went back and forth over Djokovic as a Capricorn ascendant, during that period, he won all four Grand Slams back to back. So you'd think Pluto would be, you know, wipe him out, it might be injury, but no, it was the that this flip side of Pluto, that is this real, it can give you laser focus, resilience, this refusal to give up. You know, you will really go for something and that kind of power, powering through. So, you know, just to remember with these, particularly the, um, you know, the slow moving planets, they have these flip sides, don't they? They play out in different ways. Oh, well, I think Pluto is empowering. I mean, it's empowering especially with this third go over these points. So you may have been wiped out, you know, before, but now it's empowering for sure. I um, And I also think it's really empowering de- depending on what Pluto does in your own chart, right? Um, but yeah, no, I've seen it work really well for people and really badly. I always think of both Gordon Brown and Ed Miliband, the leaders of the Labour Party. They both had Pluto go over the midheaven, and that was it. Their careers were finished. Yeah, yeah. Wipe out. Wipe out. <laughs> um, so, 
Same, blew it over my midheaven. I lost my two of my big media astrology contracts back in the day. Wipeout, had to reinvent myself. So, yeah, I agree. That's very much how it can play out too. But but usually, you know, it's also the phoenix, isn't yeah. it? It's like, okay, you're wiped out. Now pick yourself up. Yeah. Uh, you're not kind of completely flattened forever. It's like now you reinvent yourself. You're someone new. Mm. Uh, and I think for those earth signs in particular, if you've got anything at 27 degrees, it's really interesting to have this Pluto um, and actually probably helpful and supportive. The Pluto, yeah. Intense, yeah. intense Plutonic energy, which is, as you say, focused this month, but also for water signs. I mean, so for Pisces, you know, if you have anything in late Pisces, it's getting this um, dynamic, supportive, uh, transformative sextile from Pluto. Mm. And Scorpio. Yep, absolutely. Scorpio, especially because it's your, you know, one of your ruling planets. You're getting this fantastic sextile. If you've got anything in late Scorpio, it's, it's, it's focus on it. Allow yeah. it to transform. I mean, the, the mistake you make, one can make with Pluto is to try and hang on to the past. And actually, you have to move on. You have to move forward. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a Scorpio theme, isn't it? It's the, it's the theme of that. I, any Scorpio I know has had to start over in some way in their lives. You have to put the past behind you and mm-hmm. move into a new chapter. I mean, the trickiest star sign, I mean, this, you know, Cancer Capricorn, you've got Pluto at the very end of your star sign. So for Cancer, this could be, you know, this could be a time to think about it's time to move on from a relationship or a situation where there's an imbalance of power and control as well with that, you know, more difficult, I think, with the opposition. I but agree. I, th- I, I think, think the opposition is harder than the, the conjunction can be great, but yeah. the opposition is is hard. Yeah. Uh, the quincunx, interestingly, is also can be tricky. You yeah, know? The, the quincunx is, it's not the star sign opposite you, it's the one to either side, and it's something of a blind spot, isn't it, the quincunx? Um, it's something you're not seeing clearly, I always think. Yeah, so you know the quincunx that that comes from this Pluto is aimed at Leo and Gemini, right? So, um, you know, when my um, partner at that time had the quincunx from Pluto to his son several times, um, he's a Leo, and literally someone came from nowhere. And pushed him off his bicycle as he's walking down this, as he was cycling down the road in front of a bus. And he could have died. He didn't die, but he, it was, uh, you know, and it was a stranger, right? Some, a a stranger came and pushed him off his bike, who actually, interestingly, plutonically actually went to jail for it, um, because it was an aggravated assault. Um, but that is a literal blindsided. He was yeah. blindsided. He didn't, he didn't see it. Come. My partner didn't, David didn't see it coming. And also it was random, a totally yeah. random thing. That's very quincunxy. Sorry. That's rather dramatic and negative well, um, thing, but uh, that's an example of Pluto at work. Yeah. And, and life is light and dark, isn't it? We know that, um, you know, astrology reminds us of that. I think we should move on because um, we got very excited about this full moon and what's coming with Pluto's move 
um, turning direction, Mars moving into Scorpio. And then we have the eclipse, don't we? We've got a solar eclipse coming this month, the second eclipse in the Aries-Libra cycle. The first one was, um, it was in March, a lunar eclipse on March 25th. No, 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 wrong. I'm on the wrong, wrong year here. It was a solar eclipse on April 20th earlier this year. It was the first eclipse in this Aries-Libra cycle. And we've got the second one coming up on 14th of October. Um, really interesting, this new eclipse cycle, because they're mainly solar eclipses, which I kind of feel are often easier than lunar eclipses in some way. They often feel like um, new moons with extra oomph. It's sort of accelerate, accelerated growth. Um, always with eclipse season, you're on a roller coaster ride. It's a time when things change quickly. So these eclipses, the Aries Libra eclipses, are triggering points in your horoscope. Then things are going to change fast. And for Aries Libra, obviously, it's a time when you know you can rise to fame or you can you know, you can fall down. I mean, it's sort of ups and downs of life, isn't it? Um, eclipse season. Yeah. And and for um, there are a couple of things about this eclipse. I mean, it's pretty tight to the nodes, you know, yeah. so it's quite a big one. Um, it's pretty tight to um, smart Mars, even though Mars has gone into Scorpio. And it makes an exact, again, we're back on the quincunx, um, to Uranus, the planet of change. You know, Uranus is the awakener, it's the on-off switch. It's going to bang, something's going to turn off or something's going to turn on. And it's interesting because I think it might actually be really powerful for Taurians. You know, Mm -hmm. this is actually really triggering that Uranus in a very unexpected way, in a, you know, and it's maybe something to do for Taurus. It may be something at work. You know, that's where where this is, is in your daily life. Yeah. Um, I would be cautious around this eclipse slightly because it's got a lot of power behind it, hasn't it? It's um, it's in the sandwich between Mars and Mercury. So there's a kind of speed to it, a speed of action, a speed of evolution. Um, and for Geminis, I think this could be quite, an interesting one. Uh, I like that. Like it for Gemini's. It's exciting, mm-hmm. but it's it's very very social, mm-hmm. and it may be a coup de foot. You may fall in love. I think, mm-hmm. or it may be because it's in this very. Oh, it may be some kind of amazing creative breakthrough. It may be that you suddenly get pregnant after trying a long time, or even after not trying at all, you get pregnant by accident. Of um, you know, there's yeah. a sense of something incredible beginning yeah yeah no i agree um i mean it is the quincunx to the uranus i'm i'm interested as well what this means maybe for pisces i mean it's it's not i mean i like to use a close orb of two degrees for a quincunx but but because uranus and neptune are working together at the moment it also does you know it does focus on on pisces and this this is falling in in your hidden sector it's kind of a hidden side of life but also sort of joint finances it's about maybe renegotiating finances as well for pisces during this time mercury in there it's about talking things through um getting the best deals that kind of feel to this as well 
Mm. It's interesting. Um, so back on this Quincunx theme, basically, this eclipse is in a kind of it's focused. So it's got Neptune on one side and Uranus on the other side, making focusing straight into this this eclipse, right? And Neptune is from Pisces and Uranus is from Taurus. And again, I mean, I'm I'm thinking again about these uh, natural upheavals that we've yes. seen. Yes. Um, but that it, it echoes again what was happening at the beginning of September slightly, but even maybe even more so. You know, there's some big upheaval actually with this um, with this eclipse, and it's a because it's in Libra. It's a you know, which is the the sign that's trying to balance things, is trying to create harmony, but the eclipse is disruptive, right? So things go out of whack on this eclipse. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and also, I mean, there's you know, as this eclipse. Because often it's not a good date to do something on an eclipse, is it? You know, it's a shadowy feel around eclipses and you wait and see what happens once the shadow of the eclipse lifts. It's not long after this eclipse. It's actually on the, well, it's a week later on the 21st of October that both the sun and Mercury together make a square aspect to Pluto as well. So, I mean, this is, you know, that, that can, that, that can be a tough square. It's what, what has to go, what, what doesn't work out. Um, so again, there's some negotiating that needs to be done during this eclipse, but not everything will come to pass. I think for me, some of this, this month is about, you know, it's shedding certain things. It's looking at which doors are closed as well. And, and once you let go of certain stuff, then you have more energy to put into other areas of your life or to focus into what is working well. Um, so this, we're, we're getting a real kind of, you know, Pluto is often about change and transformation. Eclipse season is often about change and transformation. This, this kind of something that's hidden that you let go of, something that's new, really a deep time of transformation we're moving into. Mm. And it is quite kind of boom, 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 isn't it? Because so we have Pluto turns direct, um, Mars changes signs, and we have the eclipse. So this middle period of October, who knows what's going to happen? Do you know? Stay on your toes. Stay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You don't have much control of the situation, really, unless you're, uh, do you, unless you're kind of releasing something into the wild, (laughs) you know? That's what it feels like to me. It's time to get your big girl pants on as well, isn't it? Pull them up. Yeah. <laughs> Deep breaths. We're really kind of, we're going for this. Um, so, yeah, it's quite an interesting season coming up. I mean, eclipse season always is. It always is. And again, eclipses, I think the thing to remember, sometimes come, you know, out of the blue with eclipses. You, you don't know exactly where change is coming. Um, and that's that's the theme of eclipse season. I think they often work in a way a bit like Uranus. You know, they're, they're the two sort of astrological events that, that you know, you've just got to be ready. You've got to be prepared um, for what's coming. Um, there's a kind of, uh, you know, in the background, by the way, kind of this month, there's this slow move of uh, Saturn's retrograde in Pisces, and it's getting to zero degrees of Pisces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
um, which is going to affect, you know, all of the mutable signs like Sagittarius, Gemini, Pisces, in particular, Sagittarius, Gemini, Pisces, Virgo, right? So wherever you have been experiencing that Saturnian feel, which is a bit depressing sometimes, or having to slow down or having to be more disciplined or having to take on a lot of responsibility, um, you, you know, that may have felt quite burdensome, I guess. Um, so for example, Sagittarius may have had, uh, you know, an, a, I would, an elderly parent that you have to look after, mm. for mm. example. Or some business around your home that has been, uh, or your family that has been heavy. Yeah. Or you may have been stuck at home, such mm-hmm. in a way that you do, don't want. Um, that is a sort of continuing thing with that Saturn in Pisces. And yeah. Saturn is going to be in Pisces for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So what this retrograde is doing is kind of bedding you in and getting you used to it. Um, but I would say that so for quite a few people, you might have had some experience of this sort of zero Pisces feeling, the Saturn at zero Pisces earlier in the year, back in March. Um, and it's sort of coming back again. And I think Saturn, I don't know, Saturn doesn't go direct yet, but it's nearly at the end of that uh, retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find it quite interesting with this Saturn that it, it goes right back to I think it's zero thirty. It's sort of, but it's it's business now is in Pisces, isn't it? It's not going back into Aquarius. It's business is in Pisces, um, and it will turn direct next month when we're in Scorpio season. So you know, it is time. What needs to be re- reoriented? What situation needs to change? I think for Sagittarius, you're spot on with the the home and family stuff. I know a lot of Sagittarians where that has been their main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe for Sagittarius as well, you've got Jupiter in Taurus, your work sector, and Venus moving into Virgo will pick up that Jupiter um, again. That's towards the end of this month on the right on the twenty second. But maybe it's time to start thinking about your own future path, put more energy into who you are, where you're heading now as well. Mm. And, you know, the point is also that 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 the Saturn and Jupiter are working well together, mm. aren't they? Um, mm. So they're actually there's support from for. So for Sagittarius, there may be support from home to do with work. Maybe you're working from home. I mean, that's an obvious one. Mm. Like every other person is working from home now, aren't they? Um, but, and that works well, but it's, but you need to make a commitment to it, you know, because the other thing that Saturn is about is about commitment, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're committed to that living in that place Mm -hmm. or committed to leaving it actually. Um, so do you like with eclipses, um, you know, wherever the nodes are, I mean, this is a South node eclipse, isn't it? Mm. So. I mean, for me, often when you get a South Node eclipse, that is, it's not what's kind of coming in or what's new. It's sort of what you're releasing, letting go of. Um, so for Libra, it's it's kind of, again, there's this feel of what you can, what can you do to create more space in your life? And I think a lot of us need that, actually. We need to sort of be looking at what goes, what we shared, so we can be more focused on the things that are working. And for Libra in particular, I think this is a really powerful eclipse for that it may be connected to relationships i mean the aries libra axis is always about 
you know, there's independence and who I am with Aries. And then there's how you love, how you connect, how you share your time, how you spend your time with others as well. But it's about getting that balance right. Mm. Um, you know, so it works. It works for you. It's quite an interesting month coming up, isn't it, this one? Yeah, I think it's a really powerful month. And it, it's coming on the heels of this you know, this summer or this season with the Leo, I mean, I found the Venus and Leo retrograde and then direct incredibly important. And for loads of people that I've spoken to, it's really been a game changing in some part of their life, you know, um, and this, but the transformation that is coming out of that change really gets some grit to it really bites you know the cogs come together start yeah. to come together in this october essentially so the changes that you knew were coming that you've been maybe organizing that you've been that have been you know on the cards um that you know you've been sort of trying to deal with over the summer mm. now you begin to see what the results are going to be right yeah. Yeah. and they may not be what we expected no. Right? So there's something very unexpected or sideways from to do with this eclipse, but also to do with the, uh, you know, you cannot predict really what's going to happen with a Pluto uh, direct, mm. Um, mm. especially because of the, you know, we've seen what Pluto has been doing in Capricorn for the last decade, you know, what it's been doing in governments and how the power on the planet has shifted yeah. in terms of who's running the show. Yeah. And Absolutely. yeah. And I was going to say, and on a personal level, this does feel like a month to, to make some, it is a time to make some tough decisions as well. I think moving forward again, depending on what happens, you know, often as astrologers, we say during retrograde season, try and, you know, take your time. Don't, don't make those big decisions, but this is the time this month is. Yeah, it's happening. And whether you like it or not, I would also say decisions are going to be made. Yes, they are. You know, whether you like it or not, here they come. Um, and you're going to see the start to see those results. Yeah. Wow, what a month. We've made it sound kind of really serious, Sally. Well, I think it is. I, I mean, big girl pants on this month. I really, it really feels like that. It's kind of, you know, and we whenever you're moving into eclipse season, it is a time to sort of get some deep breathing going on and get active. Um, and of course, next month, Scorpio season, there's another eclipse, the final eclipse of the Taurus Scorpio um, eclipse cycle. And we'll be looking at that and see how this month plays out. I'm sure we'll have lots to report back on. Yeah, great. I look forward to it, Sally. See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye, everybody.